lawyer talk, legal breakdown. What's that mean? That means we're breaking it all down. We're taking the complicated and making it simple. As I say, I love to make things simple and almost everything can be made simple right here on lawyer talk. What's the idea of the breakdown? Well, you hear these legal issues, you hear the, you read the chatter, you see the tweets, uh, whatever your means of digesting all and consuming all this media about things like Rittenhouse. Uh, people get it wrong. They don't understand. The legal concepts are twisted. The political commentators uh, make it political. Uh, the uh, the folks who are, if you want to bend one way, you see it that way. You want to bend the other, you see it. Well, none of that nonsense here. We're just going to break it down, tell you it like it is. Uh, and the only bend I have, the only bias I have, is I sit at the defense table all the time. So I don't care if this is a Unabomber, a self-defense Rittenhouse case, a police officer charged with killing somebody or uh, anybody else. I don't care. I represent people for a living and I believe in it and I believe in it for all sorts of reasons we won't get into. So uh, what I'm going to break down today is another big firework session, uh, maybe the biggest yet in uh, the Rittenhouse trial uh, between the judge and the prosecutor. I think the best way to do it is just to play the clip of the uh, of the of the cross-examination by the prosecutor of on Rittenhouse or questioning Rittenhouse and uh, then the judge uh, debate and argument after, and then we'll break it down lawyer talk style. So here we go. Here's the uh, here's the prosecutor in the middle of his cross examination. Correct. So you understand that there's a difference between using deadly force to protect yourself and using it to protect the property. Correct. Yes. Mr. Richards. Your Honor. Okay, let me stop it right there. Uh, there was a break in the action. The the, the defense attorney. Uh, has objected. Uh, the judge uh, acknowledged it and said, Mr. Richards, now the defense attorney is going to uh, explain why he's objecting. Here we go. He's either forgetting the court's rulings or attempting to provoke a mistrial in this matter. He knows he can't go into this and he's asking the questions. I asked the court to strongly admonish him and the next time it happens, I'll be asking for a mistrial with prejudice. He's an experienced attorney, and he knows better. All right, let me just stop that right there because I want to talk a little bit about this uh, defense attorney. If you watch the video, uh, he's indignant. He's upset, and I think that's real. I think he actually is upset because uh, when you're in this, you're in a war. Uh, Now, we always say, and I always say that, uh, I never let uh, Mongo out of the bag. You know, you don't let your anger take get the best of you. And when you do get angry, it has to be controlled and it has to be for a purpose. Um, and and I think he's he's doing a little bit of all that right here. I think he actually is legitimately upset uh, because this prosecutor has just brought in some evidence here that uh, the judge previously said he couldn't, or at least that's what the defense lawyer thinks. And um, and he, he sort of uh, got sandbagged, meaning he got surprised in the middle of trial. Prosecutor just uh, jumped on it and started asking questions. And uh, some of this uh, this will unfold some more, and it'll, it'll it'll sort of explain itself. And then I'm going to break it down. So here we go. Here's uh, uh, after the defense objection, the judge turns to the prosecutor for a response uh, about what he was doing. So let's uh, let's jump back in and hear what that response is. Mr. Finger. First of all, Your Honor, this was the subject of a motion. I'm well aware of that. And the court left the door open. For me, not for you. My understanding of You should have come and asked. All right, let's stop it there and break it down. What's going on here is this. Uh, there were some uh, evidentiary rulings in advance of trial. Um, we, we talked about this in one of the previous breakdowns. These are called motions in limine, which is really like 
uh, lawyers asking for permission to enter evidence or they're asking the court not to admit certain evidence that they think shouldn't come in and the jury shouldn't hear. And we get the, we get a, an advanced decision on this. We get the rules of play laid out uh, before we start the trial. And remember, we talked about how this matters because it changes how we ask our witnesses questions. We don't want to open up the door, so to speak, and we're going to get to that in a second, but we don't want to open up the door uh, to evidence that shouldn't come in. We don't want to tell the jury in our opening statements about evidence that uh, isn't coming in or, or, or is coming in if we don't know it for sure. So we try to get the rules of play uh, set out there in advance. And the particular evidence here has to do with uh, Rittenhouse's character. Uh, I'm going to get, I'm going to do some explaining on character evidence in a second, but uh, what's going on here is the judge is just flat out pissed off. He is upset. He feels like he issued the order uh, in advance. He set out the rules and the prosecutor has taken it upon himself not to follow the rules or to decide whether uh, whether the door was open for this or whether the whether this was a circumstance where the judge uh, might let the evidence in. And, and early on in this exchange with the judge, you can hear the prosecutor say, well, you know, we left this open. And the judge is like, no, 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 no. I left it open for me, not for you. You, the prosecutor, don't get to decide if my order uh, is going to apply here or not. I get to decide. And he's saying, look, why not just stop in advance and say, I, can I do this, judge? Um, Mr. Rittenhouse has made these comments. He has said certain things in his direct testimony. And now I think the evidence uh, should be admissible. I'd like to uh, have the court look at that order again, look at that decision again, and and maybe change what the initial rules of play are because the defense has now opened the door to allow it. So certain evidence um, comes in uh, only if other things happen first. I'm going to cover that some more in a minute, but let's get back to the uh, to the dialogue and see how this plays out in real time. But uh, I said... I denied it, or I indicated a bias towards denial is what I did. Held it open with a bias towards denial. Why would you think that that made it okay for you without any advance notice to bring this matter before the jury? You are already, you were, I, I was a, astonished when you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence. That's basic law. It's been basic law in this country for 40 years, 50 years. I have no idea why you would do something like that. And it gives, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So I don't know what you're up to. May I respond? Yes. We filed another acts motion on this exact issue because in my mind, and I argued this, it is identical to what was going on on the night of August 25th in the sense that the defendant was using this exact same weapon. He was using it in a manner to try and protect property. No, he wasn't. All right, I'm going to stop that there, and we're going to, we're going to get back to it. But here's what's going on. The, the judge is obviously angry, and the anger is carrying over from the previous uh, infraction, we'll call it, where the prosecutor tried to uh, impeach or draw some negative uh, connotation out of the fact that uh, that Rittenhouse didn't make a si statement. His comments on silence. Check out the other breakdown on that. Um, but the judge is saying, "Listen, I made my decision, um, and, it, and it was there. Everybody knew it, and uh, I was leaning towards not allowing it with a bias towards not allowing any sort of evidence of this nature." 
And now you on your own, unilaterally, Mr. Prosecutor, have decided that I'm allowed to do it now and I'm justified in asking these questions without first asking permission. Obviously, this doesn't play well. You can hear the the anger and uh, just the absolute frustration uh, in the judge's voice uh, as uh, as he's uh, scolding this prosecutor outside the presence of the jury. Now, before we go any further, we should at least uh, talk about what the evidence is and what's really going on here. And you heard the prosecutor say other acts. If you didn't catch that, what he's saying is other acts. The alleged other acts here are statements that Rittenhouse apparently made to media or whoever when he was witnessing a shoplifting. I guess he said something to the effect that if I had a gun, I would shoot the person stealing. And what the prosecutor is trying to say is, well, uh, if you just shoot somebody for stealing, you're not allowed to do that. That's only a property crime. And because you said you would do that in another occasion, you must have done it here. And it wasn't self-defense. Now, the judge just inherently disagrees with that clearly uh, and says this is inadmissible character evidence. Uh, And not only that, the situation uh, in the self-defense acts in question uh, are totally different, that they are um, spontaneous, that he's uh, that Rittenhouse is under attack, and uh, it wasn't somebody just, uh, I, guess, I guess the simplest way to say it is, he didn't shoot somebody trying to steal property or committing shoplifting. Now, first of all, this is about as confusing as it gets in the rules of evidence. Rules of evidence are rules that tell us what we're allowed to present in a trial and how. And the most complicated, confused, screwed up, um, butchered, tortured, twisted rules have to do with character evidence of a witness uh, or of a defendant and what we call other acts. Other acts are like things you did before that might seem the same and therefore admissible. Now, in the real world, somebody would say something like this. Well, uh, Mr. Rittenhouse here is a violent person. He gets in fights all the time, and uh, he um, he's prone to... Uh, to, to shooting somebody because that's just his character. And therefore, he's more likely to have not acted in self-defense here and committed premeditated murder. Well, that makes sense in the real world. But in a courtroom, we're not allowed to do that. We're not allowed to say just because somebody acts like something uh, on one occasion doesn't mean they did it uh, on this occasion. And then when we talk about other acts, we're not talking about like general character traits, like he's just violent, but we're talking about like other instances where he may have done something that would suggest he did it the same way here. And the rule is sort of the same, or essentially the same. You can't say, well, he did it before, so he did it again. Uh, that's the kind of argument that seems to make sense in the real logical world, but it's not admissible in the courtroom. And there's a reason for that. We don't want juries deciding cases based upon something that a defendant did before uh, in, in a prior situation. The, the prosecutor, the state, the government has to use its power to prove it on these facts, not other facts. So this is this cat and mouse game where prosecutors love to try to get in these types of other acts uh, and uh, and use them because they are so powerful. There's a reason that they want to admit this stuff because it's damning. It, it makes the defendant look bad. And that's what this guy is trying to do. Uh, so he's talking about other acts. I assume about brandishing um, his rifle. Uh, about making comments about shooting people with his rifle in an, in uh, an unrelated incident, maybe even, maybe even close to time, close in time to this one. Uh, but it doesn't mean that it's relevant here. And what we're about to hear, the dialogue or the exchange between the, the judge and the prosecutor has to do with just this. Um, the, 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 the prosecutor saying, well, no, uh, since he's talked about uh, maybe uh, using his gun or shooting somebody or having to shoot somebody or whatever he whatever it is he said, 
Therefore, uh, he's opened the door for this evidence in this case, uh, and I should be able to prove that using those prior other acts. And the judge is saying, not at all. This is nothing like that. His his, uh, actions here are spontaneous in response to uh, what these uh, other guys were doing. So uh, let's tune in, and then we'll uh, we'll get back to another one. And I guess that's the There's, gist of what this debate, this Your argument, Honor, I, that's with the all due gist respect, of why the judge is so upset. Is because yeah, in his prior ruling he said, no, no, I'm not no, no, letting no. these other acts in. I'm not going to do it. Um, but I, if I hear something at trial that might change my mind, that might let me think that, all right, the defense has opened up the door, I might reconsider my decision and let you admit these other acts. And then the prosecutor gets up without asking permission first and just starts questioning Rittenhouse about the other acts. He takes it on his own to decide that the door had been opened. He didn't first ask permission. Now, this is a no-no. I mean, and the reason this is a no-no is because uh, what he has done is he's exposed the jury to the question about the other acts, uh, or at least got dangerously close. And sometimes the question itself coming out like that can be enough to prejudice the outcome, to make the outcome... Uh, contaminated with this evidence. And and again, the judge doesn't want to do this twice. He doesn't want to have two trials. He doesn't want uh, to to come back after a case is reversed on appeal and uh, and have a new trial because the prosecutor has done something like this. Uh, professionalism, fairness, candor to the court, uh, all rules of decorum here would have required the prosecutor to uh, make a motion in advance of his cross-examination, probably take a recess and say, Judge, I want to revisit the motions in limine. I want to revisit the rules of play. I want to revisit your decision that said I'm not allowed to ask these types of questions because I think now the defense has opened up the door. And it's it's like he is he's trying to ask for forgiveness rather than permission, and yet he's done it with uh, the balance of the trial in or the outcome of the trial in the balance. And that's why the judge is so upset. Uh, the judge is the decider of, of the, the rules of evidence. The judge gets to be the gatekeeper here on what kind of stuff, what kind of evidence, particularly character evidence, comes in. And again, character evidence is the kind of stuff that is just like, man, when, when it happens, when it, when it is admitted and it shouldn't have been, um, it is just very inflammatory. It's considered to be a reversible error when it happens uh, in cases like this. And that's why the judge is being so cautious about uh, about monitoring the flow of these types of evidence. And that's why he's so upset at the prosecutor for just uh, unilaterally doing it and then trying to ask for uh, forgiveness rather than permission. Now, there's, there's one other thing that needs to be broken down, but I'm going to do that in another segment. I'm not going to hit it now, but it has to do with a defense request for a mistrial. Now, in this segment we just saw, he the defense lawyer said, uh, I'm inclined or I might be inclined to ask for a mistrial with prejudice. Uh, but later on, there is a request for a mistrial. And I'm going to break down what that means and why uh, it is so significant and why it might be scary if you're a defense lawyer. As always, we have tried to take the complicated, the misunderstood, the complex, whatever you want to call it, uh, and and done our best to make it simple. If you have questions about it, if you have thoughts about it, if you want to uh, share some comments about it, look us up, lawyertalkpodcast.com. Shoot me a note, and I'll be happy to answer your questions or give some commentary on any of your thoughts. Uh, until next time, this is Lawyer Talk off the record, on the air, breaking it down legal style.